Thanks for listening to the Dallas Design Sprints podcast. My name is Robert Scrove. On today's show, we're going to feature Sabrina Gorlich. She is a strategic designer and design sprint facilitator out of the Stuttgart area of Germany. I had the pleasure of not only speaking with her for literally over an hour, but I've also worked with her on the virtual design sprint pilot that we did back in mid-November. She has 25 years of multiple design projects in various areas. She's covered fashion, automotive, mobility, energy. I mean, she's covered it all. And right now she's starting a new company. I think it's it's called Design Sprint Studio. She's been experimenting with something called a brain sprint. She's been doing a lot of work in the local community with meetups. She's been very, 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 very busy. In fact, I did her a disservice with this particular podcast recording in that I forgot to hit the record button about five to ten minutes in. So I'm not going to tell you the best stuff was missed, but we had a great time having a conversation and hopefully you enjoy listening to it. Yeah, sure. So Sabrina, thank you very much for joining the podcast today. I appreciate it. Who wondered why we're laughing? This is take two because I didn't hit the record button for the first five to ten minutes. Oh, it's 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 funny. This Indioso. is also. What am I doing? All right. So everything's fine. Who, who in the hell are you, Sabrina? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so for people who don't know who you're all about, uh, give me a, again the two minutes and okay. Let me actually let okay. me paraphrase so you don't have to repeat it again. Oh, so you are yes, because it was more than two minutes, right? <laughs> yes. You are classically, so to, to, this is to actually track to see if I remember and was paying attention to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So you are uh, classically trained in design. You've had about, cumulatively, about 25 years of experience. You originally did physical design, but applied it in the digital realm. So you worked with like Envision, XD, Illustrator, Photoshop kind of uh, did a whole bunch of different uh, verticals like fashion and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and brochures and logos and, and really worked in that space for a while. I, for, I, I forgot to ask before, did you um, do anything with agencies? Did you, uh, when you, were you, what kind of companies did you work for when you were doing that design work? Um, I work for uh, big companies uh, as, project, as a project agency uh, I work for smaller um, companies so we have everything uh, one client for example um, is car to go maybe you know this you mm-hmm. have it also I, in Dallas I think so yeah it's it's everything from a fashion to automobile um, to tourism we have a lot of uh, different clients and you've been working in this space for a while, uh, and then you stumbled upon some the the design sprint process and kind of being introduced to it through the videos that Jonathan and AJ and Smart were creating, and kind of taking a look at that process of taking a big idea or concept and running it through its paces to test it with customers or to a target audience. And uh, from what I gathered in our earlier conversation before the, before the break, um, that really appealed to you. And you're like, kind of, wait, wait a second. This is something where it still involves design, but it's, it's kind of, it, it's, from, from your standpoint, what was the cognitive leap for you when you discovered that process? So I always was looking for something uh, which supports more the strategic part in, uh, for our design agency, because we always did uh, strategy, uh, um, concepts, uh, but 
without a proof and without that because we are as a uh, as a design agency the clients um, the clients don't come to us and ask us for a strategy they ask us for uh, for certain design um, assets or design concepts or marketing campaigns um, or packagings but they don't ask us us for a strategy and this is always part pardon me They looked at to you for execution, like actually doing the work that they at a higher level have kind of figured out that they want to position the business. Right. Okay. Right. Maybe a little bit more than uh, only execution, but it's, yes, it's like this. And uh, we always were uh, asking, but you're sure about this uh, product? You're sure about this positioning and about your target group? And so we try to give um, them an advice and to, to put in strategy when we thought it's not uh, uh, it doesn't fit right to the target group or it doesn't fit to the the, the product uh, wouldn't fit to the target group but it was always difficult and so um, I thought it's really important to have a more strategic approach and um, then I also love to work with uh, people and to work more with with the clients in sense of workshops and I already did some workshops and I know I love this. And so the design sprint uh, is a great um, approach for also a design agency to uh, cover the, the um, strategic part. Because when you, uh, when you have these, um, let's say the, the st a strategic design agency has uh, to be very, um, uh, has to know about strategy, let's say about business, uses the design thinking, which this is the, um, the definition of a strategic agency, a strategic design agency, and also the design part. So, and we use the design sprint instead of the design thinking for um, the strategy part. And, and one, of the things, well. one of the things that I've seen uh, since you and I have kind of been introduced to each other through AJ and Smart and through the Innovation Hackers Group and other, other touch points online, the thing that's the, that I've seen come from you and that's kind of defined you a bit is your tenacity to kind of not only promote what you're doing, but to really give back to the community, like giving, uh, like for our recent event, you did a promotional kit or when you're online, um, you created a lot of graphical kind of representations of for a community of design sprinters of, of which I actually leveraged for one here in Dallas. So mm -hmm. Yes. Beyond that kind of uh, that, that um, self-giving community work, you've also done a lot with your agency right from the get on, on design sprints and what kind of successes have you had this year? Has it been establishing your brand, establishing what you do there locally? Um, how have you kind of gone about like promoting what you do and, uh, and the process that you go about? Um, it was a long question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> are, are, so Sorry. Are you successful? Are you doing well there? So let's say I'm uh, successful in kind of uh, to be very happy in that what I'm doing um, in uh, building a brand And um, let's say the design sprint success uh, is, yes, also talking about uh, leads. And we did already, um, let's say, 
two, three for uh, design sprints for clients and also a training. But um, I, I think it's still, um, it needs more to, to be successful in sense as a design sprint agency. Right. So there I have something ahead uh, of me. I still have a way because it's not very well known. And I think it's all about communication to get um, yeah, to get to the clients or to the people they need a design sprint or they could use it. Also from um, the, the, the when, when they don't know, they uh, don't need it. <laughs> so this is kind of, um, I, that this is something I have to fix already so oh. yes i think i'm i'm uh, successful and it really works well for me so i'm really happy about this this journey so what kind of niche do you kind of support with your business hi if you drill down to like a particular audience or a particular process or even like a particular um, service that you provide that speaks to a particular audience have you kind of done that deep dive recently not yet. So I'm still quite open and I'm just um, communicating and going to conferences, meetups and so on. And I have a bunch of really interesting people I know now and, and talking about design sprints. I also possibilities where I already hold, uh, was running workshops or um, making, let's say, an LDJ. So this is really uh, interesting. And I don't have uh, a, certain, a certain target um, in this because I think I'm quite open to everything. And, and I'm, yeah, let's say I'm trying out, I'm experimenting with this, where this leads me also to, and not only designs, but, but I also uh, realized that this closes uh, a gap between the design, um, the design work and the strategic part. So let's say we can also deliver high value in the as a strategic design agency where we now uh, started um, let's say uh, we are experimenting with a certain strategic approach um, from Christo uh, core brand core strategy and um, the design sprint and the brand sprint from Jake Knapp so when we are doing a branding now or um, doing a new project and you don't have to do a design sprint because it's too small for a design sprint or too specific for a design sprint, we start doing uh, other kinds of workshop. We are doing quite often a brain sprint for instead of brainstorming, but with the client, we do also a strategic workshop. So for, for the uninitiated and for people that don't know, I'm going to assume that a brain sprint isn't just having another cup of coffee or espresso in the morning. This is actually, <laughs> this is a, an applied process that you've you've written about. You've, I remember the post that you put up in Medium either last week or a couple of weeks ago. Why don't you right. explain a bit how what a brain sprint is and how that differentiates from, say, a design sprint? Sure, sure. I like to explain it. Um, we had our brainstorming sessions very very often and um, for me a, a huge issue was that it's always took too long for us so because when we were uh, starting and creating and, and talking about things and developing ideas together um, it always took took longer and 
it, at the end, I'm, I was very often, it was like an open end. So we stopped and I always was uh, feeling maybe there's still another idea or something better. So it wasn't yet, it wasn't finished. And we started experimenting with design sprint ex um, um, with parts of the design sprint and also with the um, principles of the design sprint. And we tried out some things and it's now like you have an expert interview. Um, but no, let, let me start at the beginning. Usually you have a briefing from the client. So it's for projects, design projects I'm talk, talking now. So usually you have a briefing from the client. There's, you have a talk to, let's say, one-to-one. Then um, I'm taking this, usually it's me, so I take this to my team I, um, and we do an expert interview. So I explain them very short, let's say a quick uh, 10 minutes and they ask me about what the client said. So it's like just information exchange and then we do a five or 10 minutes uh, user insight, which is... Um, I know something about the user target group or the personas or maybe the client gave me something. So we try to get the, the user insights into the whole brain sprint. Then we are doing lightning demos, also only 10 minutes. And um, then we start noting. So we, we create ideas. Um, let's say just a, a quick five, eight minutes only noting and we don't vote after this. We just, everybody presents his idea, reading out loud. Then uh, we take another note step, a note round where we uh, build our ideas on the ideas of the others. And then uh, we do the voting session. And then at, at, the, at the end, we make our Christmas tree and we see, okay, we have like, uh, a project where we need three ideas. Then we take the first three ideas and we share this. So everybody goes to his computer and develops uh, the layouts in InDesign, Illustrator, Photoshop, whatever we need to, to create for the client. Or we are doing uh, a small concept sketching if we uh, need it further. So that's so, um, brain sprint. <clears throat> so how many of these have you run to date and how many do you have planned to do in the future? So the brain sprint is like something one hour and we also, when we are in the topic and we just get stuck in a certain, um, we, yeah, we are stuck. Then we, I say, okay, uh, please let us make a, a, a very quick brainstorming, a brain sprint. And it only takes like uh, um, 15 or 20 minutes. So we just start with a small um, expert interview and then we start directly with the note and vote. So sometimes we are, do this, uh, we are doing this very quickly in between and let's say we are doing this twice a week uh, sometimes also every day it depends on the projects we have but this is a tool for us really a tool for our design work. Have you, have you thought about taking this virtual? Meaning that you hold a yes. session online? Yes. So I'm running the Design Sprint Germany Facebook group and I'm, um, I have an idea. I tried out once with a client 
we had a um, a talk one to one. So we we were two people, and I did a brain sprint. In I wanted to explain uh, the design sprint, and so I did a brain sprint. And with a brain sprint, you can also explain to a person uh, what is the design sprint when you have only two people. Because usually when you ha do a LDJ, you need a group of people. You cannot do it with, with just uh, one client, a uh, person from the client side. So the brain sprint you can do with uh, one person. You just create uh, the ideas. You do what I told you, just step by step. And at the end, you are doing the concept sketching. And then you give the client, let's say, two or three ideas, quickly sketched. And he can go to his group, presenting the ideas, telling them about the brain sprint. Um, what we want to do is also a, a small flyer, a, a small brochure where we explain step by step the brain sprint. And we want to give this also to the client so that he can go to his group Uh, just do a brain sprint, explain the others what what's um, what worked well, and he can show the ideas. And this is something which is really great for a group. They can just try it again. And uh, with uh, LDJ, I, I need a group. And this is for us as a small design agency, quite difficult to get uh, a group Already, if you have a small client, if you have a big client, it's difficult to get at least uh, four or five people from, um, from a group, from a team together. It was always difficult for us. So uh, the brain sprint could be a good tool, a good sale selling tool. And I want to do this also um, remotely. And I'm figuring out how to prepare the first uh, remote brain sprint for our um, German Facebook group because I want to do, let's say, like a small selling challenge so um, that we can meet together and, and we say, okay, let's, let's try out the brain sprint and then we do it also every person with uh, their clients. Just a, just a thought that, Have you ever played around with the name of the technique? Like it could be brain boost or something of that nature where, and, and I say this because Bill Alexi and I had a conversation, this is like weeks ago, where mm -hmm. the interpretation of the method may be different and may be consumed differently depending on how you kind of approach it. So um, for example, in the design sprint process, you have things like start at the end, make a map, uh, the four-step sketch, sticky solution, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. they're, they're meant to be catchy, kind of titles to those processes. But what we found is that if we use common language to, to kind of describe what they're going to do, especially for somebody in the executive wing, it seemed to kind of, it stuck a little better. It, yes. didn't, it wasn't a yes. kind of like, unless you're, unless you're thinking of productizing it, it was one of those uh, kind of insights to go, okay, we can call it certain things, but maybe the client has a different understanding. Yes, yeah, totally right. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. So there's the brain sprint, which is coming along. Let's talk about the referral network. You did some work. In fact, you led a team, more or less. I, I, that would be pretty accurate to say, with, uh, along with your counterpart in, in, in the United Arab Emirates with uh, Sadia. Sadia. Sadia, right. So both of you kind of uh, led a team in terms of uh, design sprint referral network and kind of exploring 
uh, some ideas with with different people about um, uh, basically a, 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 refer a network for not only design sprint facilitators, but to resource particular design sprints. Um, I wanted you to kind of expound a little bit about the work you did that week and some of the, some of the insights and some of the discoveries you've had since then. So, um, a lot of things happened in this week. So for the beginning, I wasn't sure what, uh, what could be happen in this design sprint, in this virtual design sprint, but it was so great, such a lot of emotional input also from the from the team and from the this whole group uh not only from my team europe and arab team but also from the whole world it was really amazing what happened there then it was a good playground to test new um, new ideas so i changed the process a little bit i i have two issues or two parts where i'm a little bit str struggling with it and so i uh, tried out two um, exercises i put in two exercises and um, it was a wonderful experience with the whole team and how they uh, were engaged with their less time frames so it, it was really difficult to get together but um you mentioned you, you added two exercises what were those so um i put in um exercise after the lightning demos uh, one principle for the design sprint is together alone and when you are working the first half of the day at the first day you have a whole together alone exercises in the afternoon you have the lighting demos but then um, everybody's working on his own and for me the there's a gap between lighting demos and starting sketching because i what i'm missing is uh, what are the others think about this so i uh, i put in um, a note just noting like in the brain sprint, just taking notes, just to see what everybody is thinking. And this was very interesting because we had the, we were talking about the problem, we were aligned with the map, we had the lightning demos, so we know what we thought from each other. Um, but the note taking was even um, very interesting to see what everybody has in mind for this topic, Design Sprint Referral Network. It was really incredible, different. And so it was like you have an overview of the whole, let's say you, you see a little bit um, as an overview from the project, what, what it could be or some other ideas, and then you start sketching. For me, this helped. And then I had uh, another issue when you start with prototyping. So I'm a designer <laughs> and I'm also, I'm sometimes really concerned about the look. So I try always to have a real good looking uh, prototype. And for me, it's difficult when uh, you start the prototype day, not only to get everything done, but 
how do you um, how do you design it in which um, look and so I put in a mood board exercise um, we in two people um, two designers uh, Giovanni and me we uh, made a quick mood board and then we voted on this so everybody gets uh, no we did uh, the mood boards just um, very simple and we put on the top um, post-its where we wrote two or three adverb um, like this is now bold and business or uh, fresh and modern so just add uh, um, describing what is the look of this uh, mood board and uh, then everybody gets two dots everybody made the the voting on the mood boards and then each person, each participant had to explain why he was choosing or why he was voting on which mood board. So as a designer, you get in this part, it was quite quick. So, but you get an insight and another point of view, what the others are, see what, what, they, what they are feeling, how the prototype has to look like. And uh, because if I would start with it, uh, maybe I would have made it different. So it was really Im important for me to get like uh, an insight what the others, other perspectives, other point of views, and also, let's say, like a consensus from the group. Then it's quite easy to start and prototype and, and make the uh, layouts because we had, let's say, a, a kind of guideline a looking guideline so but very quick we didn't have to uh, develop this but it's just like uh, with the mood boards it was yeah it was fast made uh, see what's really interesting that what's really interesting about that approach is that i purposely that week made sure that wednesday and thursday were unstructured whereas monday and tuesday were extremely structured so for the, for those who weren't following the virtual design sprint pilot that we did last month. Each team was kind of given a overall deck in terms of uh, a process that they could follow that closely resembled the four-day process that AJ and Smart had promoted. Mm -hmm. uh, I included examples in Mural as well as the, the decks themselves in terms of the activities people would follow. And it was pretty much, with the exception of a couple of teams that had to kind of, based on um, scheduling with each team member, we pretty much had it so by the end of Monday, they knew what they were going to be kind of concentrating on. The Tuesday was going to be more or less sketch day. But on Wednesday and Thursday, it was left open-ended. There wasn't a deck. There wasn't any, there were some, maybe some mural examples I had created the night before. But mm -hmm. I wanted to see if, if the team had come together in such a way so that they could self-assemble in those final two days or for, if they really needed additional facilitation. And I found that it depended on the, the facilitator themselves. So if you had one person who was really green, didn't know about, had never done facilitation before, had just jumped mm -hmm. into this, and they were kind of lost. They really needed yes, sure. some holding and some figuring out. Sure. Whereas for yourself, someone who I've, I'm getting, I'm cluing in more and more that you like to improvise and also like take what's currently existing and, and kind of, if there's a need or you see an opportunity, you go in a certain direction. Mm -hmm. Basically, uh, retrofitting certain activities where you sense that or you see that it's going to produce a better outcome. And what that may speak to for April when we do this again is, is that I may have to kind of do both. 
where there's going to be this yes. default structure. And then for people that are, are versed in design sprint methodology or the process, give them an opportunity to um, say, you know, you have these optional activities. In fact, this, this speaks a lot to the black book, the, the design sprint black book that came out a little bit before Jake Knapps did, where mm -hmm. they do include a lot of things like a, an elevator pitch at the very beginning of the day by a team member to make sure that every, that person understands what they're doing. Uh, they mm -hmm. also include some activities for personas, for experience maps, for retrospectives. I may have that similar approach in April, but we'll see. But it's really interesting to see how you see it. Okay, especially the offline perspectives of people making notes. That in itself, and being able to articulate what people were thinking and feeling about where the where the direction of the design was going, mm -hmm, was very mm -hmm. insightful to how the mood board was going to be constructed and how that was going to translate into the prototype that you and Giovanni worked on. Mm -hmm. I think it helped. I'm. Um, I couldn't already talked to the other how they um how they like the approach and also how they like the note the the note exercise but um yes maybe we have to figure out it and and ask them so i it there were such a lot of things to to talk to about because also what what was really interesting at the end we had some issues with the um uh, interviews because we couldn't schedule them uh, just on on Thursday and Friday so we um, we need a little bit more time and but it was really interesting what the people are um, replying to us so the, the feedback from the interviews so what um, from my side I would say there's a huge need for a design sprint network i won't say um refer network it's a little bit difficult also difficult to to spell uh, but design sprint network i think there's a huge need in a professional one and not only i think everybody has a own network and is uh, doing the research uh, for his own teams from this network But uh, when you have like people you talk to, you exchange experience, you share experience and you need a, a certain advice, then it's great to have a team around you. Then you can also um, have more like um, looking for teams or looking for special uh, ability skills. I think this will come because until now you don't have these opportunities. So you try to have your uh, figure out how you are working with your own network. But um, I think the the exchange, uh, the the exchange from um, experiences and sharing knowledge, sharing also uh, materials and new ideas. I think this is really important to have uh, because when. What I noticed from the, the work that was done, because uh, there were three teams that worked on this referral network, when I was listening to some of the, the, the interviews that you had done with Benjamin and with, um, I'm forgetting the other person's name, but I, I went Sean to, and Adam. Yep, I, I listened to all of them. And they had varying degrees of, you know, this is something I would engage or not engage, I'm looking for this. Some of them were very, uh, I think one of the people that you had talked to or Sadia had talked to 
were very concentrated. They were concentrating everything on copy. They were looking at the language yes. of it, but not the content. Yes. <laughs> it was interesting to me because it was like, okay, well, you're not really going to communicate what you need to by using these words. And this, this doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense this here. And that was their way of contributing, which was fine. It just was a little off script. Mm-hmm. But what I got from that, from the feedback, especially from given how diverse the, the approaches were to the problem, the original problem, was that, yeah, everyone saw that there was a need to kind of uh, be able to connect and, and find other people in the space that can help with different projects related to design sprints. But there was also an underlying conversation. I think I spoke about this in the retrospective where people want, there was a little bit of a, back, a Facebook backlash with open networks of anyone being able to tap into like a network that somebody else would trust because there was this notion that you like with the, the pilot, you needed to be able to work with them, know them, or there's only a handful of people that you really trust that you would basically, uh, you know, give their name and phone number or their contact information to someone as a, as a trusted resource. Right. And, right. And since then I've been exploring closed networks that work on, on trust and, and are, are more like they're, they're more protected as a way of, of ensuring that not only privacy is secure, but that if you, Sabrina, had like a handful of people there locally, um, I think you're in Stuttgart, right? Right. Okay. So people there or even uh, online that you've worked with like Sadia or Giovanni, where you don't, there's a certain level of trust you have with them, but you also have, uh, get an impression of what their abilities are. Being able to have that as a data point and leaving everything else out of it to a certain extent, that would be the, the, the foundation for, say, if, if Bill needed some resourcing but didn't really know anyone outside of DFW Fort Worth and his own hires, who can he reach out to that's a, that's a really good researcher or potentially a good designer that maybe halfway across the world but has proven through experience and through the impressions of other people that they can do the work. How does a referral network kind of work in that regard so that if Bill has, is, has a trusting relationship with Amir, say, say just hy- hypothetically, mm-hmm. and he knows that he's, he knows people in his network that really do good work, can that referral network work in that regard where it's based on trust so that mm-hmm. they're, they're not going to throw caution to the wind if there's a high level of trust between two individuals and that the opportunity mm-hmm is there to get people engaged on a project. I think that's where it seems to be going, but that I, when mm-hmm. I looked at all the interviews that you had done, I saw that and sensed it, that there was, this is great, but don't give my information out to everybody. I wouldn't, I only want to do a select number of people. I mean, what were, what were some of your right. opinions based on those, on those interviews of where the referral network could go beyond what you've already said about like the, the nature of it catering either to designers or to developers or to researchers. Yeah, it's, it's exactly that you need the trust. You need also to know the people and I don't want to have a network with thousands of people, but I like to have more the um, trustworthy and engaged people and really interested people. So I think this is, and for example, um, maybe we have kind of um, in my Facebook group, uh, in the in the German Facebook group, uh, we are. I, I met a person. I met a um, a woman from a startup uh, fund, 
and she was really interesting about interested about design sprints. So uh, she comes from, let's say, the Cologne area, and I was thinking about who I know from this area, and then I get together three people. And we have we will have a talk uh, tomorrow, <laughs> so this is quite fresh, I, I tell you. Um, and we will talk about how to make an approach, how to go there as a let's say like a group. Or so I don't want to to send one of them because I don't know um, them exactly as a company. But uh, I know them from, uh, I have already talks to them. So I know a little bit about their engagement. And I thought we can do something uh, together to show up more as a group. So this is an experiment now. But uh, I think this could help to be more present and more to get more awareness in front of uh, customers. So just throw away uh, all this, oh, there's a comp competitor. But I think when we be together and we, we, um, yeah, we, we get our strongest together, we can get more, even more out of this. Yeah, and um, it's really from, if I put my business hat on, it's about outcomes. It's about customer satisfaction. It's figuring out what you can provide that no one else can. And, and really concentrating on what's going to be like the best possible scenario outcome for them mm -hmm. and how you can mm -hmm. provide that given your skill set. And if you're not the right person, who else can do that for you? There's mm -hmm. someone, Sabrina, there's someone I, I think you should, if you haven't checked them out already, I think it's someone that, um, that would, I think is a perfect complement for where you're going with things, especially given your comments earlier about understanding the market and how you want to sell yourself in, in your, your design agency. This guy's name is Jonathan Stark, and he has a podcast called The Business of Authority. I know it. If you listen to like the first three or four episodes that he had broadcasted from that? I'm not sure. I listened to some of his videos, and I'm getting his, um, his newsletter. Mm -hmm. But uh, podcast, I don't know. I, I just listened to two of them, but I'm not sure uh, which one. So you'll first. have to... You so for reference, you'll have to go on iTunes and go all the way to the beginning when he first had like okay. a series that he released like five or six episodes. But there's, mm -hmm. there's one called The Sweet Spot. And that one I think is something that you should definitely listen to before tomorrow. I think okay. it'll give you some perspective on the kind of the connection between your audience and what you provide that sums up the first two that he had done, but then kind of cascades into other things like uh, pigeonholing yourself and... Uh, kind of um, niching your market so that you're going after certain things. So I'm including on the podcast because I'm, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of his work and I'd like anyone who, who listens to kind of check him out because he has a lot of important things to say that correlate directly to um, these design sprint businesses that uh, there's a lot of them like Voltage Control and other folks that kind of know they're, they're, who they're after. They're, like Voltage Control does digital transformation for the most part and kind of markets to different companies that they're when they need to go into <clears throat> taking design thinking to the next level that they're a perfect complement for that mm -hmm. um, there's uh like design sprint academy with john baton and uh more space for light and other people that are kind of going after the educational component of it a uh, new haircut with problem framing they, they kind of know their 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 audience but 
mm -hmm. everyone else that like um, Douglas Struble and stuff that want to kind of try to take this process and make a living from it. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of his material is very relevant. So mm -hmm. I just want to put that out there. I think we all want to make a living out of that, right? You yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. And we, yeah. And we will. <laughs> This is a journey. So one way or another, it's going to be something that yes. makes sense. But I think, I think I'm, I'm all in on the virtual design sprint aspect. I think there's too much there not to, to ignore it, not to ignore it. Um, now it's just a matter of, of planning and execution and seeing, you know, what, what kind of market there is for it, but also what kind of audience I'm going to be serving. Um, you know, I, we can do this together. Uh, I'm just on a planning an uh, LDJ for a client, a remote one, to plan doing this LDJ to plan a remote uh, design sprint for them. They are in US, in Norway and Germany. And also there's another one in, in Sweden involved, but this is only the, uh, the software um, developer. But I, I couldn't get them to one, at, at one table. And uh, so I think this is the only possibility. And this is a client actually from here, from, uh, from Germany, nearby. It's very, very small a company, but they have um, a huge network. So, and they have issues with uh, certain pro the software uh, development. And I know that we can help them. And they are really interested. So this is uh, something I want to figure out how to explain them very fast to do the LDJ and with the LDJ to explain them what they get out of the design sprint. You know, I, it, this, it, just a tangent thought, this is almost begging for a YouTube series on basically how to set up for remote delight and decision jams beyond the October thing I did with uh, product design and showcasing how the LDJ can be done remotely. I know mm -hmm. that Carol and other folks have kind of done this as best practices, but, um, and, and there's been some how-tos, but there really hasn't been a, a source to say like, okay, for your example, uh, how do you teach people how to get set up and get ready for something like this? And then just walks them through the process, like a uh, 45 minute to an hour long video of like what to expect. You'll use this resource. Um, you'll go through these exercises. Here are some tips. Okay make it better. Do you don't follow me? Like something yes. that you could point to and say, okay, just look at this. It'll get you prepared for our session. And then mm -hmm. when we come together, people, if they've done their homework or that they've looked at it, they kind of know to go through the motions or can help out people that haven't. But I get the sense that there's, there's an untapped need for a, a kind of a free YouTube resource that just says, look, if you want to set up these online sessions and do different activities like a brain sprint or a a lightning mm -hmm. decision jam, or even like just, just doing a design uh, venture from the design sprint and just doing it on one day. Here's how you do it remotely. And, and, and here's the example rather than the conceptual read it, then figure it out. Mm. Um, yeah. Right. And that may be the next thing I do after doing a bunch of podcasts to start doing, <laughs> putting my ugly mug up on YouTube and figuring out like, okay, here's what you need to do. Although I probably would do a bit more better post-production just holding up a whiteboard to explain what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to bridge into experimentation. Uh, basically, we touched upon a little bit when you worked on your virtual design sprint and kind of seeing, oh, we need a need for a mood board or we should probably take notes. But I'm sure that you've, you've kind of, like you've done with the brain sprint, you've seen other people in the space 
take the process that Design Sprint offers and retrofit it for not only their context and their need, uh, but also for with another like with other processes like with McKinsey and with um, with Agile and Scrum. People kind of blend the two together. But from where you are, what kind of experimentation have you seen with the model? So for me, yeah, it's uh, like I already told you the brain sprint. It's uh, we put it into the uh, framework for the strategic core branding workshop and um, what else I see, yeah and all these remote stuff so I think there's a huge uh, future for it I think a huge need for all this remote different kinds of workshops mm -hmm. workshop have, formats have you seen anything in some of the workshops and the conferences you've been attending recently or any ones that you're any ones that are coming up that kind of hint at experimentation like you've been doing? If there's somebody else doing the same, you mean? Yes. Have you, have you seen any kind of examples that we go, oh, no. that's interesting? No, not yet. Okay. Well, you got to get out there then. Because yeah. <laughs> you've already done yeah. like the brain okay. stuff, so it's like, well, I'm just going to keep on iterating yes. on this. Yes, you're right. You're right. So... Um, you know, it's just the problem. We are a small agency. Um, I'm really, really passionate. I'm so passionate about this whole journey, and I'm doing a lot. And what I'm doing also is uh, really diving deep into social media. I'm establishing a brand. You, you uh, know what I'm uh, – this was my networking hack with LinkedIn – and I was diving very deep into LinkedIn and now also into um, Instagram and doing this uh, Facebook group, Germany Design Sprint group. So I have also a lot of things I learned very, very new and from my own experience with all these uh, channels. And um, so I have such a lot of things. <laughs> it's difficult to concentrate on one I want to to um, establish the brand, and I, then I, yeah, I can do it only step by step. So I think yeah. doing I can... uh, videos, doing a podcast. I also want to make a podcast. I have such a lot of ideas to ask people, really, um, and do this in in German. I have a lot of co contacts already, so I have some uh, interview partners already, but I have to start some somehow some you know, well I, I for the most part i don't i i don't sense that you are short on ideas i i get the feeling <laughs> that you're not you're not ego driven by default which is a, an asset for no. you you basically put out there something that you think would work and if it if it actually plays in the in for your audience like it did with the linkedin hack um I, I think it, it's one of those things that establishes the brand of who you are. To be honest with you, I don't even, I don't even, if you told me the name of your company, I wouldn't know it. I just know you as a person, as a brand itself that carries forward some of the things that you do. And I think that probably is a winning formula for you. I think essentially you could start up a number of things like brain sprint or um, if you do a YouTube channel, if you start your own podcast, I mean, you could give multiple different kinds of, um, different kinds of brands life but you are the you are the centerpiece behind everything and your name itself carries forward 
mm-hmm. I, I think I think for someone like you, and this is something that I've done. Maybe this this might help you. Is I've taken the effort impact scale that's used in the decision <laughs> jam, and I actually took take every week I take my to do list, and I put it against the effort impact scale. And I already and, have this in mural. I created my <laughs> own mural. Yeah, I do. The, I do. I the, note and vote for myself and i have the imp- impact effort scale yeah so and it's started I don't know if you if you know this or i'm not if you experience this but i'm surprised sometimes in relative rel- relation to the other things i put on that gigantic list what actually gets in that upper left hand corner of least amount of effort but highest impact and i yeah, think you're right Really, that's that's where I need to be because I see something that's either in the lower quadrant where it's a high effort but uh, high impact, and I go, but I want to do that. But I know that if I want to hit the low hanging fruit and get a lot done on Monday and Tuesday, I need to go after those things. And when mm-hmm. I do, the interesting thing for me, and maybe this, uh, I'm going to ask if this is your experience. By Wednesday, I feel like I've already accomplished 80% of my week or 75%, and the rest is cake. The rest is things like. Um, doing an article on conferences, which is going to probably rub a lot of people the wrong way when I release this thing because it's not very complimentary. Uh, or um, exploring the design sprint referral network and playing around with different social uh, media things and starting to build it, like actually build it either in an Excel spreadsheet or something else where I start experimenting with that trust model to see what works. But if I get the majority of my stuff done at the beginning of the week, I'm like, I'm good. I'm good for the rest of the week. I, I can even think about planning the weekend out for my family. But how, do you, how have you used the effort impact scale for, for what you do? How has that worked out for you? Uh, it, yes, it worked out quite well. But, you know, my problem is more in if you would uh, talk to me three, three weeks before, let's say before the um, virtual design sprint, I, could, I would have uh, given you a quite clear uh, image what I where I want to go, what are my goals, and what I have to do, what I have on my list. But after this time, and I did so many conferences, meetups, I was talking to so many people, um, and I have so many new ideas. So my to-do list is so crowded that my impact effort list uh, matrix uh, is so full. I have to 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 go a step behind and just to to calm myself because I couldn't uh, I cannot realize every idea I have. So maybe stop brainstorming a little bit, uh, brain sprinting a little bit, and just getting the stuff done. So I have a suggestion for you that I think would be perfect. I think, and this take it for what it will. I think you need an outlet for all this ideation that you have. And I'm wondering, and this is because of my own experience with kind of putting myself in front of a camera uh, for the virtual design sprint effort. I wonder if you just basically get on a, like a, like put up Facebook creator on your phone or use your current setup you have now on your computer and just take a bit in the morning or in the afternoon and talk about an idea that you have. Talk about something that you're thinking about developing or that you're working on, like actually documenting what your thought process is and how you go through like um, some things that you're working on. And the reason why I suggest this is your outputs when they're finished tend to be very intriguing, but I think the real story behind it is how you approach it. 
Because a lot mm -hmm. of what I've heard in this, this podcast interview is you had put a lot of either preparation or thought into how to basically get the output that you're desiring. And I think with some of the ideas you have around your podcast and, and, and with, with other endeavors like the Brain Sprint, you know, the market that you're after, like engaging things or even the upcoming talks that you have with people, I think that there would be an audience, especially given how many meetups you've had in the past, that would tune into this to listen to, you listen to you talk for five or 10 minutes about what you do. And then they can watch it on their own time if they're not, if they're not watching it in real time. Um, mm. This is something, because one of the things, and this is a compliment, it's not meant to kind of sidetrack things, is that you're a hell of a lot more photogenic in front of a camera than I am. Um, <laughs> I, I, it doesn't matter you, how You much, mean I got better haircut? <laughs> yes. And I, I always look like I'm either homeless or I look like I just rolled out of bed. No matter how much I, get, no. I prepare, I, I do not look good in front of a camera. But you, on the other hand, depending on whether or not you're in your basement office or you're up top, wherever your location is, I almost think you should experiment with this and roll with it because then it, it can be one of those things where you get out a lot of what's in your head, a lot of what, what you're thinking about, and a lot of where you're going with things. And if it's socialized to the audience that wants to tune into you, um, it could be a way of establishing a dialogue around what you do and having them, having your audience continue it with other people in case there's something that strikes a chord with someone. That yeah. way it doesn't have to be a finished product all the time. What do you think? Yeah, that's, a, that's, a good, that's a good idea. So actually, I did another post-it with this idea from you, from your side. And I will put this also to my, to my list. <laughs> <laughs> but, but since just doing like a five or ten minute Facebook uh, um, interview, or Facebook uh, a video, I think this is quite easy to, to establish. So it's just the doing this every day uh, to make it a habit. I think this is uh, more the challenge. So, but I think it's quite easy to, um, to do. So it's, oh, here, it's not here. like a big project. It's more like a quick and fast, easy step-by-step. Step Here's another idea habit. too. And to follow up on, I just had another thought. There's Mihai Balea. I think that's his, I pronounced his name right. He was also interested in kind of doing podcasts. And, and Hi, player? Ma Malai, Mahai, I think it is. Ma Malaya. Ah, Ma yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. I know yeah. who you I mean. I slaughtered his name. So I, now it's recorded. He can come back and tell me that I suck. Um, but there's this notion that if, to get started in this or to, to kind of go down this road, we could do something where we do Facebook Live tag. And what I mean by that is, I can start a video and start, kind of talk about what I'm working on with the virtual design sprint, which I'm thinking about doing probably not this week, but next week and start recording like small sessions to say how things are coming along. But I would probably at the end of it go, okay, here's a shout out to Sabrina over in Stuttgart. I want to know from her and then I'll ask a question. And then I'll, ask, I'll <laughs> also ask someone else and say, what do you think? Post up your Facebook live video and give a response to it. And let me know how you're doing. And then that way, It could be something where if you are inclined, you can go, hey, Robert, what I want to know is this. Because, mm -hmm. and this is the reason why I'm suggesting this. I, mm -hmm. one of um, Fabricio's uh, uh, associates, when he posted on the virtual design sprints, he said, really? But there's all these things about momentum and people engaging and everything else that don't make sense. And I said, you know what? I'm going to lose this, this, this conversation because it's embedded in LinkedIn and I won't, search all the 
you know, the, the um, notifications in LinkedIn to go back to that conversation. Why not make it a video response? So I can mm -hmm. write out on my whiteboard what I'm thinking about and I record it. And it gives, I, I forget his name, but it gives him an impression about what I am and who I am mm -hmm. human and actually go through my thinking about it and address some of his points, which I thought were valid. But mm -hmm. I sense that after that, I had a connection with that guy different than it was just like a, a comment that was in there. Took a little bit it's longer. It's so true. Took 15 yeah, it's minutes so true. to produce, but it was social and it was connecting through video. And I almost think if we did this on a level where all the interested persons in the virtual design sprint did this practice and said like, hey, I got a shout out to Sabrina or to Dan Levy or anybody else. What do you think of this topic? Because this is something I've been thinking about. What do you think? Or you can ask me. I challenge you, Robert, to do a brain sprint and tell me what you, what you think of it and post up your results. And I'll mm -hmm. say, crap, I got another thing on my to-do list. <laughs> but I would do it. I, I'm okay. disappointed. I'm okay. it. Good point. Good point. Yes. I, and so think about it. But I think that would be interesting. Because, mm -hmm. and, and especially would, you told me, Robert, you have to give your response in German. I'll go, crap, now I got to look <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. So. so what I also would like to do with this, um, with my engagement and with my passion, to get uh, other people also the, the momentum to start something. Like, I already talked to Amer and, and we want to do a video together. We already um, discussed this and we said we, ha we have to do a video together. So I think you can also go to others and to, to make them uh, exposure themselves and to, to get out of their comfort zones to, to do something which maybe they were thinking about. So like you, you challenge me now. <laughs> start Sabrina yep. start so I think uh, I also would like to to engage uh, others and to motivate others Amir's a titan he's like an he is like a sleeping giant the moment he's, yes. he's <laughs> himself holy crap the guy, yes. the guy has already set a standard with me where it's like oh yeah I can do like like international design sprints on two different continents sure no problem mm -hmm. not oh by the way I'm gonna go and uh, like bang out a guitar riff for a metal band and be like all right fine yes yes so, yes, he's on the stage. He's on yeah, stage and rocking. See, that's the thing. There is, he is like, he's, he's like one of those people that in the old days for, for record reps would die for. It's be like, there's so much to this person in terms of like mm. his entire approach to how he does design sprints, but also his offline life with other things. So I won't go on a tangent, but yeah, that's, mm. uh, that's something else. So I'm glad you're doing an interview with him. So finally, <laughs> 2019. What if, what if we're tracking you, Sabrina, and where you're going with things, what kinds of things are on your plate? What are you planning on doing the first quarter of the year? What's going to be exciting coming from your camp? New podcast, videos, and uh, a lot of new clients <laughs> for design sprints and strategic design mm -hmm. projects. Um, a huge community, a huge active community. I'm still uh, figuring out how to establish this commu community, not only from the meetup, just doing meetups and occasionally doing meetups and, and occasionally meeting people, but to have really a strong community here. Having more time with my family because they 
uh, I'm doing really a lot now and they uh, know also why I'm doing this and they are respecting this. So I have, I want to give them back more time with mm -hmm. me. And uh, I want to do, uh, <laughs> um, I want to do a th triathlon. A what? A triathlon, so biking, running, and oh. <laughs> a triathlon. <laughs> no, it's a triathlon. You have to use try. Triathlon. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you know, I've done four athlons in my life, but that was way early on, and that was when I was a I was a crazy person. But hey, if you want to do it, I'll say triathlon. You're more than welcome to do it. I hope you enjoy it. So I'm now fifty. I'm I um. I was 50 last week, so well, oh, happy, I was getting 50. Happy belated <laughs> birthday, and you don't look a day over like 40, I would say. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. But this is, some, some, uh, this is an age where you really want to make something different. So I think these are quite a lot of goals for 2019. I think, you'll do it. I think you'll do it all. Start with the triathlon first. Just train for a couple <laughs> weeks, and then go after it. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, but but uh, can I ask you what you want to do for 2019? So I'm really curious. What do I want to do for 2019? Um, for the first quarter or the let's say the first two quarters. The first two quarters. Well, mm. if, if you make it the half of the year, um, this is going to sound general, but I want to make my mark. So I want to be able to establish something where I can... I can produce a Rolodex moment for someone where essentially they'll go, oh, that person is perfect for that situation. And they'll know what I'm about and what I can produce. Um, the other is, is that I'm going to put pretty much 80% of my energy into the April event. Um, I, I need to know if this has potential and if this has legs. Um, mm -hmm. If it does, then it could set the stage for the rest of the year in terms of how I... I, I basically run my business as well as how it benefits everyone else involved with that endeavor. I sense that there is an underlying narrative around new graduates and people who are new to the sprint process where they really are hoping for this to kind of elevate them, especially in other countries where they don't have the out design outlet to showcase what they can do. Mm -hmm. I also think it's going to catch the wave of virtualization that's coming next year about a globalization of design that, that, Mm -hmm. I see more of, more evidence of. Um, so those are the two big things. Probably the third thing, um, man, the third thing probably is <laughs> becoming more of a media company for my business. And this, this speaks to Gary Vaynerchuk's uh, mm -hmm. kind of looking at yourself as like a, a, a purveyor mm -hmm. of content, but doing it within reason, like you have with your family. I don't want to overextend my commitments to the point where I'm stretching things thin here at the household. And I don't think I have yet. Um, I'm usually highly sensitive to the needs of others here, whether it's my own son, my wife, my in-laws, no matter what it is. Um, but finding that, that right balance so I can put as much effort as I can into, uh, into those endeavors and really seeing where it goes. Um, mm -hmm. I, I looked some, sometimes I look to Bill Alexi as an inspiration because he's, he's, he's making it happen on his end. He's <laughs> had a very good year this year. Um, mm -hmm. for, 
office to the point where he builds an office and is probably uh, we're going to bring on some folks to his business. I'd like to be in that that uh, that situation, but he's at a two and a half three year head start. Um, mm-hmm. But I know that if I keep at this and kind of just uh, emphasize my strengths, I think I'll be in a pretty good spot come June. Um, I certainly won't be homeless. I probably won't be. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'll be, I'll be a little sleep deprived, but I'll if if seeing where I was last year compared to where I am now and the diametric difference I've, I've transformed into, I know I'm in the right direction. And I hope that by this time next year in December, 2019, I'm going to be a fundamentally different person again. I already know that I'm, I'm going in the right direction. I know I'm, I'm, I'm learning a ton every day and every week. I'm mm-hmm. learning. Um, and uh, I guess the difference is, and maybe you can relate to this, I don't have the anxiety of knowing whether or not it's time well spent. I've yes. been, I've had enough historical narrative to know where I can play and where I can't. Um, and like you, I'm turning 49 in January. So, um, Hi, have, I'm ahead of you. <laughs> yes. By one year, slow down, <laughs> take a birthday off so we can kind of align. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm in the right place or at least I feel like it is. So gonna that give it sounds a great. and see where it goes. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I I have to um, add some some more topic. I want to empower women to be more to get more awareness. I'm a hundred percent behind that. Absolutely, hundred percent behind that. And and to to empower, especially women, to um, get ready for the digital transformation because this already started. And, and I'm doing this now with my whole family, also with, with the kids. I start yeah. to prepare them s- slowly, but uh, we, we, are talk- we, we start talking about this. It's happening in, mo- in a lot of different places here in the U.S. I mean, whether mm. it's like girls who code or if it's, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, just look at the, le- the, past, uh, the past elections here in the States with uh, a record number of uh, women holding office, both in the state side as well as the government side. Uh, there's the first Af- uh, first first Muslim woman was basically elected to to uh, the House of Representatives. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's slowly changing. It's slowly getting there. But from where where I can make an impact and make change, I am absolutely fundamentally like um, I, I'm always trying to. It really doesn't matter on gender, but yes, sure, it doesn't matter. But yeah, well, this here's the thing. Disproportionately, I find that. Women, in, especially in tech, are not given their due. They're not given their, their ability to showcase what they're all about. And mm-hmm. when I have the ability to kind of elevate, like, like, here's a perfect example, and I know this is going to sound a little weird, but Sadia. <laughs> Sadia yes. is somebody that is, is somebody, I, I heard it in their user, user interviews, and she came at this every single day, um, kind mm-hmm. of socializing, being involved, getting fun. And that mm-hmm. makes a difference when it comes to impressions. Mm-hmm. I sense that, especially with, in, with some of the comments you made about Pakistan and other places, she's somebody that I can confide in and work with and partner with to kind mm-hmm. of elevate that, 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 um, that awareness that there is, there is an emphasis to kind of put women in, better, in a better place from mm-hmm. professionally, like kind of elevate their game, give them opportunity to showcase what they can do, um, like make, you know, give them an opportunity to prove it and say like, this is what I'm all about. It doesn't matter what gender I am. I can basically bring it and probably do better than 80% of the people in my space. That to mm-hmm. me is much, a much better argument to, or, or conversation to have and, and judge people on their merit and not on their gender. You're totally right. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So every chance I get uh, that I, I have the ability to be able to, to, to give people, uh, afford people the opportunity to, to come bring that about, then I'm, I'm a hundred percent there. Mm. And I think I can, I read a quote or I heard a quote, what you, when you see it, you can be it. So when women, other women are seeing that women can be on stage, women have, uh, can get awareness, women also in tech or in, in innovative uh, th topics can get awareness and, and give some relevant content, they also start thinking about this and following your path. So I think being um, em empowering or starting the, the journey to, to get more awareness and to, um, to, to 